It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome into Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here tonight. The Big Orange Hotline will take over 30 minutes from now on the Sports Animal. Coming up in just a moment, I'll talk to Jesse Simonton of AllQuest.com. He joins the show each week to talk about the latest with Tennessee football recruiting as Tennessee's coaches had some time to get out and see some prospects this past week, locally throughout the state of Tennessee, and then outside of Tennessee as well. Tennessee's coaches have probably had to readjust some of their recruiting plans from where they were a month, month and a half ago because of how the season has started out. We'll talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. One of the top players on Tennessee's board has made a commitment. I'll tell you about that coming up. And then Jeremy Pruitt will talk about Some of the young players, a freshman who might stand out from the last week who was able to get some more work as Tennessee looks for guys who can help the Vols, not necessarily this week, but as the season goes along and well into the future. I'll get to all of that right here on Football Futures, which is with you every Monday night from 7.30 until 8, talking about what's going on with Tennessee on the recruiting trail and looking ahead to the future of the program. And I want to welcome to the show Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com. He covers Tennessee on the football field as well as on the football recruiting trail. And you can follow Jesse on Twitter at Jesse R.E. Simonton. And, uh, Jesse, I appreciate the time as always. I'll begin asking about this past week. Tennessee was off this past weekend. What did that allow Tennessee's coaching staff to do on the recruiting trail as they were able to move around some of their efforts? Yeah, Josh, they were able to get on the road and kind of get you know, uh, in front of some of the kids and, and kind of and into some high schools and talk to some coaches and kind of pass on that message of, of kind of patience and, and, you know, wait for the progress. Uh, but, you know, as we kind of teased uh, before coming on the show, a big part of this focus I think has really changed because of Tennessee's one and three start. And so Tennessee spent a lot of time this past week in the state of Tennessee. You know, the, the, there's been a lot of discussions the last 18 months ever since Pruitt took over about how much of a priority, yay or nay, the volunteer state actually would be for the Vols. It really wasn't a year ago. They missed on a guy uh, like Anderson, who ended up at South Carolina, Chris Russell, who goes to Texas A&M. Uh, but because of the start this year, they decided, hey, we're going to try to keep as many of these kids in state. They've done a nice job early on with the Cooper Mazes and Keyshawn Lawrences. They're in a good spot with Jay Hardy, uh, who tweaked his knee but should be all right. Down in Chattanooga, Tyler Barron, another Knoxville Catholic kid. But they spent a lot of time in Memphis. Jeremy Pruitt attended multiple games on Friday night, going to see the three Whitehaven kids. Bryson Easton, who a lot of Tennessee fans know of, he's always been on the ball's radar, a guy they've liked an inside linebacker. They have now kind of started to really pick up the scene from Martavis French. He's a defensive end. He technically plays inside linebacker for Whitehaven, too. Uh, but even Coach Salisbury, Rodney there, will tell you that, you know, he projects as a guy to play with his hand in the dirt um, as an edge guy. Uh, at the next level. So he's committed to Arkansas. Tennessee's kind of warmed up to him, I'd say, in the last six weeks, last month or so. And then they offered to Marion McDonald, who of the three might be the best just pure high school football player right now, but he's kind of a tweener. If he was playing 10 years ago, he'd be kind of like the perfect rover-type safety guy. Um, Now he projects as maybe a little bit of a bigger uh, star, kind of nickel guy. But Tennessee offered him. Jeremy Pruitt was impressed with what he saw in person Friday night. So they're going hard after the three Whitehaven kids. Obviously, Amari Thomas at Briarcrest. Uh, Jeremy saw hit the second half of his game on Friday night. He remains a big priority. And then Tennessee has kind of circled back, and I think they've kind of regained at least some steam 
wouldn't say they're the favorites, but they've regained some steam with Chris Morris, who's kind of gone off the radar most of Peg Tim to Texas A&M. Uh, he will still take an official visit to College Station here, I believe, next weekend. But Tennessee's hoping to get him on campus uh, in two weeks or three weeks. Um, so Tennessee is really focusing in on that Memphis and Nashville area. Nashville a lot in 2021, but Memphis specifically to kind of fill out this 2020 class right now. Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. What do you think has caused Tennessee to put an even greater emphasis on some of those guys you mentioned uh, and overall on the in-state recruiting for this class? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really twofold, Josh. One, obviously, Tennessee's start has, has – the one and three start has made them kind of recalibrate where they stand with maybe some of these blue chippers. Uh, and, and all the guys I just mentioned are, are four stars according to rivals. Obviously, rankings uh, can vary depending on which site you look at. But they are all four stars according to rivals. But some of the blue chippers and, I, and you know, the, the, the top 10, top 15, top 20 guys uh, that they had gotten on campus or were involved with, hopefully we're coming – take official visits uh, maybe this fall. That start, they've really waned there. You saw Tavelle Smalls commit to Washington. You know, I think Eric Gilbert's training hard to Alabama. Darnell Washington, Noah Sewell, those guys, uh, you know, kind of have their claws in, in Georgia right now. Um, so that's caused Tennessee to really, you know, kind of look elsewhere. And so, they, 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 you know, in doing that, when you kind of go down your board a little bit, you say, all right, who's next up? Well, they, they really like what they've seen on film from a guy like Tamari McDonald. They think French is playing faster and maybe a little bit, a little bit more agility than he did a year ago. Um, so that you know, kind of continued evaluation plus just kind of the domino effect of what happens when you know you lose to Georgia State and, and BYU in the way you did to just kind of recalibrate where you stand with some guys in the 2020 class. So now Tennessee gets ready for Georgia coming in. Georgia, who's obviously doing really well on the field and on the recruiting trail. What's the latest plan, do you think, for this week with uh, with guys who could be coming to campus and uh, and where Tennessee is with what they had projected as a big recruiting weekend at Neyland Stadium? Yeah, the, the recruiting weekend is going to change its tenor a little bit. They're still hoping to get uh, a bunch of guys on campus, but this was actually going to be the big official visit weekend. I think the staff envisioned six to eight weeks ago. Uh, they were hoping it was going to be a night game. It is a night game. Uh, but they were also hoping they were going to be three and one or four and zero, oh and not one and three. And so a guy like Amari Thomas, just talked about him, you know, four-star defensive lineman, a Briar Crest. He was supposed to take an official visit here this weekend. They have bumped that back. He's going to come now in December probably. He is still scheduled to be here unofficially though, which is good for the Vols. Go ahead and get that extra visit. You know, have him on campus. They're hoping to get the three Whitehaven kids here this weekend. They're kind of tentatively penciled in. Um, they don't have a game on Friday night. They have a bye week this week, uh, so they're hoping to get them. The big official visitor right now, the only one currently slated, uh, is Reggie Grimes, another in-state guy. You know, that's an Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee battle. If I was picking the day today, Josh, I would say the Gamecocks kind of hold the edge. But Tennessee right now, they're getting the last official visit, and, and Reggie has kind of been a guy who slowed things down as he kind of waits to see where he sit, stands with Alabama. Um, right now, he's tentatively planning to, to kind of commit on Thanksgiving. We'll see if that holds right around that Thanksgiving weekend. But Tennessee, this is his last currently uh, planned official visit. Um, so Tennessee kind of needs to make a good impression on Reggie Grimes. The family ties go way back there. He's known Pruitt for a long time. Pruitt and, and, and Reggie's dad uh, were at Alabama at the same time. So Tennessee certainly has some inroads there. Um, but it's can they kind of, I think, leapfrog a South Carolina team that's been on Reggie a little bit harder and obviously where he kind of stands 
um, as a tied legacy kid, and, and would they have a spot for him, especially with as many outside linebackers as they already have committed in the 2020 class? Yeah, Jesse, how important for this staff is recruiting at linebacker, in, inside and outside? And you've named some guys just right there and talking about Eason, but getting guys at linebacker for 2020, how, how where's that priority for the coaches? Oh, it's huge. I mean, I think two of the biggest, you know, just needs in this class. I mean, they got a lot of needs. I mean, that's why Tennessee is where it is. The roster is just not from a depth standpoint at, at almost every position where it needs to be. But you just saw two, you know, inside linebackers who were not set to graduate. Um, transfer from the program, whether whether Will Ignat or, or Shannon Reed were all SEC players or not, they were valuable depth. They had given you some snaps. Um, with them no longer in the program, you're looking at like five, uh, five or five, four true inside linebacker scholarship players. They've now moved Aaron Beasley over there. Um, and aside from uh, Danny Batuli, none have played a ton of snaps. Now, Toa Toa, you know, I think uh, he has, you know, real all SEC potential. We'll see about a guy like J.J. Peterson. Jeremy's totally excited about a Jeremy Banks, but that's why they were going so hard after Noah School this summer. You know, when, when that, you know, the, the wheels kind of came off there and, that, and you start to transition uh, to a guy like Lenneth Whitehead, who, who's kind of a freak athlete at the Tennessee-South Carolina battle. Obviously, Bryson Eason's an inside guy. And then as edge rushers, you know, these guys, are, these guys want as many as possible, even though Crouch and Harrison and some other guys are kind of starting to come along. That's why the Red Grimes is. Uh, and, and those kind of guys in the world are so important. Tennessee, that is a spot right now that's kind of lacking both in this class and, and depth behind Crouch and Harrison on the roster. Hey, Jesse, last thing, and I'll get you out of here. Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. How about the month of October, where obviously Georgia and, and Alabama are going to be really tough games. The other games, Mississippi State at home, South Carolina at home. How important is this month for Tennessee as it relates to recruiting? I mean, it's it's, it's eminently important. I think, you know, if they have another O for October like they did two years ago, um, you're, you're going to see some, some attrition from this recruiting class, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast these days. Tennessee needs to find a way, you know, if that's possible, to split. Um, the expectations certainly are not to upset a three-touchdown underdogs, Georgia, or even, you know, more probably uh, against Alabama on the road, but, you know, Tennessee's going it, to... It, you know, Mississippi State, depending on the suspensions and kind of who's playing quarterback for them, that's at least a game that on paper it looks like Tennessee could win. Same for South Carolina, kind of a one-dimensional team. Um, so they, they, at minimum, Josh, need to find a way to win one of those just to kind of give, I think, some fans, but not only recruits, to sh- be able to show them something like they did last year with the Auburn win uh, or even the Kentucky win of, hey, all right, when it does click, when it does work, this is what it looks like. This is kind of the plan we envision. Um, if you go over October, you know, recruiting, I think, is going to be way down the line on, on fans' uh, you know, list of importance in terms of, all right, what are we actually doing next year? Yeah, I, I would agree with that totally. Check out his work, VolQuest.com, the, uh, the team there as well, what they're putting together. Uh, even uh, Eric Kane doing a little work for VolQuest.com from our station. So you can check that out. And, of course, follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Jesse, great information as always. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Josh. And it's probably an obvious statement. If Tennessee goes 0-4 in the month of October, if Tennessee is 1-7 at the end of the month, then Tennessee's program is in a really bad position. Tennessee's recruiting would potentially be in a disastrous spot. So Tennessee needs to get at least one win in the month of October. A couple of wins, and you all of a sudden feel a lot better about where things are compared to how they've gone 
in the first month of the season. And that Mississippi State game is also so important, I think, because if Tennessee loses that one and loses to Georgia and Alabama as expected, well, at 1-6, and six, then we run into questions about keeping things together, and that could potentially make the South Carolina game even harder to manage. So next week's game against Mississippi State is going to be really important. Tennessee cannot look ahead. Tennessee needs to be focused on Georgia. But as we look ahead to the rest of the season, and if you want to go in stages of four games at a time, the first four didn't go so well. The next four need to go better, at least in the way that Tennessee plays, and Tennessee needs to find at least one SEC win between now and the end of that South Carolina game. Two games, Tennessee beats Mississippi State and South Carolina, well, then the Vols coaches would have a much easier time on the recruiting trail compared to what's gone on the last several weeks. Coming up next on Football Futures, Jeremy Pruitt talks about some guys who were able to get a little extra work last week for the future, a player who's high up on Tennessee's board, perhaps coming off of that, and an update on the recruiting rankings. That's all right here on Football Futures before the Big Orange Hotline takes over at 8 o'clock here on FM 99.1, the sports animal. The king of beer, the king of sports. Live from the Budweiser studios of Cumulus Broadcasting, this is Sports Radio WNML. Checking in with Tennessee football commitments and prospects. It's Football Futures with Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward. Hope you're having a great start to the week. The Big Orange Hotline, live from Dead End Barbecue, will take over coming up at 8 o'clock as it does each and every Monday here during the football season. Tennessee is getting ready for Georgia coming up on Saturday. Still to come, a recruiting rankings update for you, an update on one of Tennessee's top prospects who has made a decision. That's in the 2020 class. But before that, a freshman focus as Tennessee had the off week last week. It allowed Tennessee to get some players some rests, some veterans who have played a good amount of football here in the first four weeks of the season, which also meant maybe some more opportunity for work with freshmen who need more of an opportunity. Guys that maybe won't be playing a big role coming up on Saturday against Georgia, but could as the season goes along and certainly project to as their careers develop at Tennessee. That's something that Jeremy Pruitt talked about at his press conference earlier today, talking to the media about the work they were able to get done, especially for some of the young players. And then he talked about some guys, especially on the offensive side, who were able to get some extra work and take advantage of it this past week. Jeremy Pruitt talking about the importance and the impact that was made with the off week. Yeah, we worked really hard this past week. Uh... You know, got guys that uh, are becoming more familiar with the positions that they're playing. Uh, it, it was good for us. Uh, you know, the, it's not just the, our young guys, our older guys, too. We've got lots of guys that's not played a whole lot of football and to improve, uh, try, so-called try to master your position. That's something that we worked hard on this week. Jeremy, you noted preseason or towards the end of fall camp that kind of at this point, four or five weeks into the season, you, some guys kind of start to define their roles. Maybe they weren't quite ready Ready week one, week two. During the bye week, did you kind of see anybody, various groups of positions that maybe say, hey, the next couple of weeks they kind of look like they may have some elevated roles on this football team? Well, it was good for Jarrett Means, you know, a guy that, um, you know, started off as a defensive back. He worked the whole summer until maybe July playing wide receiver and then work defensive back. So it was good for him to get back and 
uh, catch some balls there. Uh, you know, Ramel Keaton, also Cedric Tillman, uh, some guys there. Princeton fans, a guy that um, <clears throat> has kind of bounced around, uh, but we've kind of put him at tight end to leave him there. Uh, so um, th that's another guy. So all of our young guys, uh, you know, continue to to improve. You know, there's a there's a lot to to learn uh, about being a good football player. First of all, you got to learn what what you need to do to have success. But the other thing is, and probably the most important thing, is figuring out what the other team's trying to do to you. So um, you know, it's it's a lot to learn, and you know. Uh, these guys have worked hard to do that, and you'll see guys probably their roles increase as the season goes. Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt. Obviously, guys like Jared Means and Ramel Keaton don't really factor in in a big way to the offensive game plan this upcoming week. We have seen Keaton play sparingly, so maybe we'll see some of uh, Ramel Keaton or Cedric Tillman, who's actually a second-year player at wide receiver for Tennessee but Tennessee needs to continue to, to develop players in the 2018 and 2019 classes. The 18 guys are in their second year in the program, and as Tennessee loses guys like Will Ignat and Shannon Reed at linebacker, that means J.J. Peterson and Jeremy Banks are asked to do more at linebacker. Those are a couple of second-year players. Jock West Jones leaves the program. He's a wide receiver who had played just a little bit, but with him leaving, well, that maybe opens up a little bit more of an opportunity in the rotation at that position as well. Tennessee needs to develop as a program, and that means young players, guys who still have a lot of football in front of them, need to develop. And really, when you look at what's going on on the field, Tennessee needs some of those guys to develop in a hurry. Now, in the last segment, talking to Jesse Simonton of AllQuest, we talked about some of the big-name players, the, the blue chippers, the top 10 to 20, 30 players in the country who have been considering Tennessee Realistically, the Vols are not in a position to land those guys. I think Rakeem Jarrett, the wide receiver from, from Washington, D.C., remains somebody who is at least interesting to pay attention to. But just a few days ago, outside linebacker Savelle Smalls, the top 10 player in the country, announced his commitment to Washington. He's one of the players that realistically, since the Georgia State loss, was not going to be choosing Tennessee. And I guess things can always change. But Savelle Smalls, who's from Washington, decided to go ahead and commit to the Huskies. So right now, he would be a name to really cross off the list. Noah Sewell, who Jesse mentioned, is a long-shot player from out in the state of Utah. It's going to be difficult for Tennessee to land somebody like him in the 2020 class. When you look at the recruiting rankings, a recruiting rankings update for you, not much has really changed for Tennessee. The Vols continue to be ranked 23rd by 247 Sports and 25th by Rivals. Both of the sites put Tennessee at number 11 in the SEC. And as I've talked about the adjustments that need to be made with Tennessee on the recruiting trail, and as Tennessee's coaches have done that, when, when I talk about expectations in recruiting, that not, not only applies for fans, that applies with coaches as well because some of those guys that they had targeted are longer shots and maybe just flat out off the board at this point. Tennessee is dealing with a lot right now when it comes to recruiting. Tennessee is having to battle the start on the field, one and three, where questions are there. Hey, what kind of developing are you really getting done within the program? The obvious question, well, are you going to win in the future? And Tennessee can't answer that question until it goes and plays those games, and then it hopes the answer turns out to be yes. Not necessarily against Georgia, although you want to be more competitive in this game. If Tennessee loses at home to Georgia by... 24 plus points if georgia comes into neyland stadium and covers a line that's at about 25 
that's no good for the Vols. Uh, same if uh, Tennessee has that kind of result against Alabama. But against Mississippi State and South Carolina, those are winnable games. Tennessee needs to figure out ways to win so that it can sell that on the recruiting trail. You also have stories like the one on ESPN.com earlier today from Adam Rittenberg talking about Jeremy Pruitt being on the hot seat and Philip Fulmer thinking about putting himself in that position uh, to be Tennessee's head coach if he makes a move. Whether that's actually going to happen or not, that talk is out there, and that is something that Tennessee will have to battle on the recruiting trail. That talk was there in a piece that Pete Thamel wrote for Yahoo Sports last week. And again, whether it's true or not, that is something that opposing coaches can use for ammo against Tennessee, and it does tell you about some of the perception that's out there with Tennessee's football program. And I did not think that we would be having any kind of hot seat conversation on the last day of September in Jeremy Pruitt's first season at Tennessee. But that's where some of the national conversation is. And in the middle of September, with Tennessee losing to Georgia State and BYU, I looked at it and said, you know, this is something Tennessee's probably going to have to battle. And four games in, Tennessee's having to battle it. So the best Tennessee can do is try to get better on the field, try to find better results, and then go sell it in recruiting. In the meantime, Tennessee battles what is going on out there. Coming up next on the Big Orange Hotline, they'll talk about what's going on with Tennessee on the field as the Vols get ready for Georgia coming up on Saturday. If you ever want to go back and listen or catch any of Football Futures, it's online and in the podcast section of the WNML app. Thanks to producer Sam Foreman. My name's Josh Ward. I'll see you next Monday on Football Futures.